episode eight of the Rebel Entrepreneur Coaching Series. How do you generate new business? Where does it come from? At some point, somehow, you've got to get in contact with another human being and offer them your product, your service, your thing. And whether that's a passive way of putting out on a social media post or more active way like calling someone on the phone and asking, you've got to reach out and sell yourself, sell your product and sell your service. And this episode is all about how to do that by email. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. So welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur podcast. I'm very excited about this episode because it comes up time and time again. How do you reach out to people you've never met before, get them interested in your business, get them excited and create a sales opportunity out of nothing? As you've been listening, we've been working with Christina for a while now on different aspects of her business. And Christina, welcome back to the show. Hi, Alan. Thank you for having me back. It's great <laughs> to be with a, you. Yeah, a stable part of the show now. And I love talking <laughs> to you every two weeks as we do this. But that's actually your goal at the moment, isn't it, Christina? Is The goal is to find a client via cold email. And that's one of the things you wanted to feel confident. Yes. I mean, we've been working through kind of this overall plan. You know, we've got some emails, we've got some, so I've been doing some sending them out and follow-up calls, but I want to really make that successful. And my goal before quitting my full-time job and going all in on my business is to get a client from outside of my, I guess, referral and repeat business realm because it would really make me feel confident that I can go out and get more clients whenever I need to. I think that is a fantastic goal and is one we absolutely should work towards. And by luck, Eric reached out to me. We did a podcast together. Eric is, uh, runs a business called Transform Your Copy. Welcome to the show, Eric. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here. And I really enjoyed recording the first episode with you, Eric, which was about the art of reaching out by cold email, getting a contact, getting in touch, getting the first conversations and seeing where it goes. And the audience will have already listened to that show. And what I really love to do with people is it's great having an expert on how telling you how to do it. But where things really get hard is when you're actually trying to apply these tips. And that's what I want to do with you today, Eric. That's what Christina needs. That's where we're going to head. And the proof of the pudding is, can we actually get Christina a sale by Christmas? That's my goal to help her with that as well. So that's the plan. Are you up for it, Eric? I am so up for that. (laughs) Yes. Said in a very laid back American accent. I love that. Uh, So where's the best place to start, Eric? Where should we go? So let's talk about who we'll be reaching out to or who you'll be reaching out to, Christina. Everything starts with the list. Okay. So maybe walk me through if you have a process yet or you have a list built. Yes. So I have two iterations of the list. The initial list was primarily beverage companies. Obviously, I do a lot of beverage photography and content. Our first list was primarily beverage companies, like just going for a CEO or director of marketing, if I could find them. 
through kind of some referrals I've gotten recently, I realized that it seems like it's marketing that's definitely kind of hiring and, and looking for what I do. So the second list I've been building out is marketing companies that focus on food and beverage, in-house marketing at the larger beverage companies and glassware companies as well. So that's kind of what I've been working on and focusing on director of marketing. Now, some of the bigger companies or even the specialized marketing companies have a lot of people that just handle different accounts. So I've also been like, okay, I can reach out to multiple ones. Or if one says, please never email me again, then I'll just find someone else at that company. So that's kind of what I've been doing, um, Googling, using LinkedIn, you know, being really stalkery online. Grace. The sign of a good marketer being a bit stalkery. Yeah. Yeah. Some people ask me, like, how did you get my email address? And I'm like, well, I'm a a marketer. That's all you need to know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So of these two lists, which one do you think has people on it that are closer to the sale? The one that's primarily marketing folks. Okay. So the second list. Yeah. Okay, cool. And how much information? Let's just talk about some of the people on the list. So how many people are on the list? Let's start there. I have 25. 25. Perfect. And what kind of information have you gathered about these 25? So I have the company they work for. I have the URL for the company. I've probably looked at LinkedIn. So I have their title. I have their email. Some I have a phone number. Some I still don't. That's going to be maybe a little of trial and error, you know, Alan and I talked about calling the company and kind of like sneakily trying to work through the navigation and switchboard. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And then I have on some of them, I have notes, especially on LinkedIn, because I do have a pretty big network in that world already. I will take notes if there's anyone significant that's connected. There's some people that I have on my LinkedIn that just are like LinkedIn whores, they add everyone as a connection. So I, I know that they probably don't have personal connections. But if there's someone I see that I think probably actually has a personal connection, I'll note that down as well. Okay, cool. So I think this is a good place to start. The next thing we can do is, so just sort of the top down, like my method for, for doing this is starting with the contact, starting with the person or the list, and then coming up with a personalized message for each person. And some of those messages can be templatized, Mm -hmm. meaning you can use some of the same information in each email, but really approaching it as if each email that you send out is a message from one person to another person. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we can, we can do that. Let's pick out one person on the list and figure out a message to send to that person. And then from that, I think you can probably distill the process for how we did that for that one person and then replicate that for the 24 others. Right. Okay. So who would you want to reach out to first? Let me see. I am looking at my list. And maybe we don't use any, you know, identifying information. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I was going to say, maybe we just change the name from Jackie to Jacqueline or something like that. Okay. Um, Yeah, yeah. I think we're fine to use the company names. And that actually might be useful if Mm. we're thinking in the context of the company as well. Hold on. Okay. This company is called Drink PR. So I feel like that's very on the nose of... My, uh, what I do. They sound perfect. Yeah. And let's say I'm reaching out to Sally. Sally at Drink PR. Okay. So my approach with, with emails like this is to have a tone that's conversational, meaning it would sound just as natural to 
speak and dictate the email to this person face to face as it would just to send it just to, via text over email. So with this person, I want you to, th- to imagine yourself at an event, like a networking event. And you see Sally from Drink PR across the room and you have you know five or 10 minutes left in the, in the event. So you really need to be intentional about what you say to this woman. Imagine yourself walking up to her and introducing yourself and the intent being to initiate a conversation that is the start of a relationship. Okay. I'm curious, like how would you start that conversation? Forgetting about email for a second, but how would you start that conversation? Let's see. In an in-person situation scenario, I would probably walk up and, you know, obviously I know who they are. I'd probably try to work in something like a compliment. You know, I'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, you're Sally from Drink PR. Oh my God, I love your dress. I've been looking forward to meeting you. I actually do um, content creation for beverage brands and I think we'd be a really great fit. Great. I love that. So my process or my sort of template for emails has a lot of what you just did. So Mm -hmm. you did one, you introduced yourself, you made a comment that was very personal to them that demonstrated that you were paying attention to who they are, not just in that moment, but who they are in their professional background. Okay. And then you transitioned to talking about something more relevant to business and let that person know why what you bring to the table is relevant to them. So there's like basically four or five pieces of every email that I want to want to be able to include. The first being some call it a con, like a connection, call it like a, a a sentence or a line that connects you to them, meaning how you found this person, how you know that person, something you already know about what they're up to in business or new project that they came in, something that's current and meaningful. So in your example, you you complimented her dress, which you can't do over email, obviously. Right. But you would say something about, I'm imagining something about a project maybe that Drink PR has worked on recently or a client that they have or something that drew you into this context. Right. Like why, why are you reaching out to them? Okay. So for example, like they have on their website recent media hits. So mm-hmm. I could, uh, it's kind of links to things that they've worked on recently or features. So I could choose one of those and be like, oh, I really love this article you had in Maxim. Yeah, exactly. And to even ratchet that up even a little bit more and and demonstrate even a little bit more of how really eager you are to meet this person or to initiate a conversation, you could call it something specific about that, Mm -hmm. about that Maxim um, article. You know, not just like the headline of it, like really go into the meat of the article and pick out something that you genuinely are impressed by or genuinely that has your interest. So when I when I reached out to Alan, for instance, I, I mentioned that um, I love that he's bringing entrepreneurship to the masses. And it really resonates with me because I went through a course just like his five years ago and it changed my life. And that was just something very personal and a little bit even vulnerable to share. But I think it had an impact of, well, Alan can say this, but it had his attention. It's not just like- Yeah, I didn't really want to talk to you after that email. yeah that's why we're here today right (laughs) no i think what eric is saying is exactly right the piece here is most entrepreneurs when they're writing cold emails focus immediately on what they want to get Mm -hmm. so they say i do this i pitch this i sell this and they're in on the sales straight away because that's what's on their mind and i think what eric is saying is really smart 
and it, it works all the time is just connect on what they're working on show interest in what they're working on and i think that maxim article so if anyone's listening you can go to the drink pr website i've just googled them and found them they've actually got the maxim article which i've looked through and they've got some really cool photos on there for halloween cocktails mm. and i think that's the perfect place for you to start with this christina because that's what you do is take this kind of photo. So if you can find a photo there you love, something you thought, something that grabbed attention, I think that's a brilliant place to start. Yeah. For example, I think my favorite one on this is the the skull that's got the flames. I mean, that's photographing flame like that is really hard. And it's just a beautiful garnish and arrangement. Yeah, the zombie punch. It's yeah. unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. So that's probably I would probably mention like how lovely I thought that was and just a fun tiki Halloween cocktail. Yeah, that's great. I love that. Super specific. Shows you've done your research. And then in sort of the subliminal level here, like you're demonstrating to this person that you think you're a fit for working with them. And they are, mm -hmm. they're seeing uh, the relevance here. So I would do that in maximum one or two sentences. Okay. And then the next thing you mentioned, you know, in person, you would, you said something about looking for, you had been looking forward to meeting her and then a little bit about what you do. And I think that there's a, a step in the middle there that I would want to see in this email. That could, that this thing about what you do definitely we want to include, but it's just there's a there's one step in between there. Basically what you want to be doing is opening them up emotionally and consciously in their mind to maybe what they're working on or the problems that they have or the solutions they're looking for might come from you. You might be the solution for their problem. And what you want to do there is just call out, let me try and figure out a really good way to describe it. Um, how I do it is I ask a question. I say, I wonder if there's a way I can help you reach more people. And this is basically for my business, but for yours, it could be something different. Like, um, let, well, let's talk about that. What's the problem that you solve for your clients? A lot of it is creating engagement on social media, you know, higher reach, more shares, more commenting, more likes, because you have better imagery or you have these recipes that are really simple for, you know, their consumers to try. It kind of gets people more engaged with the brand. It builds their following, it builds that social media marketing aspect. Right, right, right. So you could say something like, I wonder if there's a way I can help you get more likes, shares and comments on social media for your clients. Or maybe there's a version, I wonder if I can help get the brands you work with more attention. Right. I wonder if there's a way I can help the brands you work with get more, I would say likes, shares, and comments um, okay. on social media. Like very specific. Very specific. Yeah. I wonder that, if I can the... help the brands you work with get more attention in the media. Because I'm just thinking the one thing that I have found is when getting media, having a quality photo to go with your comments to go with the media article is so important. Great. And that's the bit I find hardest. I can write the comments, I can write the articles, that's great. But having an image that grabs attention, it's mm -hmm. almost as if you can supply the journalist with the image, the article writes itself. Yeah. Right. And the thing you just said, right, the, the kind of blank on the actual wording of it, but it was like, I know that having beautiful images completes the, you know, I'm not sure what you would say there, but something about, you know, that the, there's a value here in, in beautiful images and getting more attention, more likes, comments, et cetera. 
Yeah, just draws attention and uh, gets shares, gets reposted. Yeah, so I would I would write that. So after that question, I wonder if there's a way I can blank. You'd write in another sentence. I know that beautiful images, and then fill in that sentence. Okay. So ask them the question, and then follow up with the statement. Almost. Yeah, it's like a value statement. Like I know that. Yeah, I know that this does help that thing I just asked you about. Exactly. Okay. So the next part is where you, we we left off. So when you started to mention what you do and how you can help, maybe help this this person, that's where I would bring this in. So again, it's one sentence where you say, I am a blank and I help blank companies like yours. Okay. I'm a blank and I help blank companies like yours with blank or buy blank. And this is kind of like your value proposition to them. Right. So I am a content creator and I help beverage companies like yours, or should I be saying like marketing or is, cause I, I kind of have a, a niche obviously mm-hmm. with the, with the beverage world. And obviously I'm seeking out companies that are already handling those type of accounts. Right. And um, so I would just say wh- whatever this, however you would call drink PR, but that's a um, beverage marketing company or a beverage PR company. Mm-hmm. I help beverage PR companies with beautiful photos for their clients. Because I think the challenge with this one is you're selling to a company that's selling to a company. So you've actually right. got two people you're trying to give benefits to. So mm-hmm. it's something along the lines of, I help PR agencies like yours create fabulous images for their customers that get them likes, comments, social media, and PR attention. Because the benefit's for two people, isn't it? The benefit is for the PR agency and the only reason they're making money is because the benefit passes on to the company they're doing the PR for. Right. right. And you could also say here, you know, you have a background, you have a X year background in the space, which I think adds a lot of credibility. Yeah. Does it count if you've drunk a lot of cocktails? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you're a qualified consumer, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I do understand um, the inside and out of that industry both the consumer and the industry itself. Right. And rather than having to say that, that I know the ins and outs of the industry, you can just say, I, I you know, I have X years experience in the space and that says it for you okay. in a really just proof oriented way. And then after that, you want to have a, just a URL where they can find either your work or more information about you. Say, if you'd like, you can check out my work here. Okay. Because you sent me to your about me page, Eric. And that's mm-hmm. what connected with me. It was, it was about you, about your story, about what was happening. And it gave me enough to go, okay, Eric understands what I'm trying to do. Eric understands the business. And that gave me enough to connect. You were using a page on your website, Christina, that was your actual catalog of work, wasn't it? Yes, because I have a couple of portfolios on there. So I was using um, specifically the food and beverage portfolio page. So have you seen that one, Eric? Uh, yeah. I think that'd be great. Okay. And then what comes after that is just a uh, an invitation, an invitation to connect. And what you're not doing is you, I like to use a dating analogy here. You're not asking this person to marry you. You're just asking them to <laughs> get a cup of coffee, <laughs> essentially. So I've used, hey, should, uh, I don't say, hey, I say, should we connect? Or would you like to connect in the next week or two? Something like that. Okay. I really love that soft approach as well. Because one of the things we learned at Pop-Up Business School, Eric, we sell two-week-long courses 
And we would be inviting people to our page to find out about us. And if you extended the dating analogy, we're inviting people on a two-week-long holiday as their first step in knowing us. Uh, and that's a little bit intimidating. It's like, yeah, come spend two weeks with us. It'll be great. And I think people were a little bit scared to start with. So we had to find a, an easier way to bring them in by showing them some of our content, having a podcast, getting them connected with us before we invite them on the two-week-long holiday. But I think that's standard entrepreneurial thing is you want to go straight in with the big clothes immediately. Like, <laughs> do this big mm -hmm. thing. And I understand the desire to do that. But it's, it's so much of an easier question to say yes to is, would you like to connect? Yeah. And when you say connect, are you, you're just kind of saying like, hey, email me back? Or would you ever do oh, here's a link to like, say my LinkedIn, like you can message me there too, or, you know, reach out there as well. Or are you just kind of leaving it to the email? I'm just leaving it to the email. All I say is, should we connect? Because they'll know what to do. You know, yeah. if they want to, if they want to connect, they can, they know to hit reply. And you don't want to add extra steps because if you send them to LinkedIn, they might log yeah. into LinkedIn and then get distracted by messages, distracted <laughs> by other stuff, not reply. And then 10 minutes later, they're thinking, why did I come to LinkedIn? Exactly. Uh, so yeah. I would avoid that at all costs. We just want a very simple hit reply and say yes. And then Eric made it really easy for me to connect with him afterwards. Is once I'd replied and said yes, he said, cool, there's three ways. You can use my Calendly to book an appointment, choose one of these days, or just tell me when we can meet. And that made it really easy for me to do that. But he didn't bog me down with any of that stuff at the start. He almost just wanted a one-word reply, yes. Uh, and then we can mm -hmm. go from there, which I love. It's about making it as easy as possible for people to engage with you. Exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm the person that would go to, you know, say Facebook and be like, wait, why am I here? So I get that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I walk across the room and I can't remember why. So <laughs> I'm like, oh. Yeah, the thing is with, with email stuff, especially with cold email, I know that part in me that wants to make things more complicated and more complex and really fancy. But when it boils down to it, it's just one person talking to another person and extending that invitation. I mean, if you were to, you know, walk up to Sally at this networking event and you were to give her, you know, three different business cards, one for your LinkedIn, one for your Facebook, one for your email, she'd be like, what am I doing? What's, what's going on here? But you know, intuitively to not do that, you know, intuitively to give her one method of contact, or you even say to her, Hey, I, I can follow up with you in a week if you'd like. Do you want to give them one choice? Yeah. It's funny because I feel like we live in a world that's like, you feel the opposite way, but it's probably better to just give them that one option, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, there's this thing called the paradox of choice, mm -hmm. which is the more options you have, the more paralyzed you become. So if you go to someone and say, there's 47 ways you can connect with me, they'll look at you and go, what? Whereas <laughs> if you say, would you like to have a Zoom call? It's a yes, no question. It's easy to reply to. Yeah. And the paradox of choice, I think in our effort to make everything easy, i.e. you can contact me in all these different ways, we actually make it harder for people. Agreed. Yeah. I found that in scheduling too. If I just give people a few date time options, it's much more simple than if I give them like a big range, like sometimes they never even get back. So <laughs> I can see how that, that translates. Eric, do you, when you're writing these, because you want it to be very conversational, do you often say them out loud? Like imagine yourself in that setting and say it out loud? Because I feel like that would help me make it less stiff. 
Totally. Yeah. Every, everything I send out and when I'm writing copy for clients, even, even if it's a sales page or a ad, I always dictate it and record myself speaking it. And that's a great way to find mm. little things where it's like, it sounds awkward or robotic, or there's a, the words are out of order here. That makes sense if it's, if it's sort of written, but if, it, if someone's reading along with it, it sort of gets, there's a little record skip in their mind. So yeah, you want it to, I definitely recommend anyone that's writing emails or writing copy to, to speak it out loud before sending it off. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So then you just, you know, should we connect or would you like to connect in the next week or so? And then you sign off? Yep. Cheers or however you like to sign off. That's very British, Eric. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers is a very popular sign off in the beverage world because everyone thinks they're being cute. (laughs) I love it. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah, I always I always feel awkward with sign offs because like it can either sound robotic, like if someone says, you know, kind disregards, it, it yeah. sounds robotic to me. Or someone says sincerely, that sounds robotic. It sounds like you're typing something on a typewriter or something. <laughs> Cheers just feels, you know, a balance of informal, but still, hey, I'm signing off now. I agree. Yeah. It's very hard to find that weird balance. So Christina, we've got a list of people. Yes. We've got a draft email. Yes. Are you up for it? Yes. This is going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. It is. I have some writing ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> so then the next phase of this is now that you've done one, is now to do the next 24. And right. how I like to do that, I can share with you, is to not try and eat the whole elephant right at once. To not wait to all 24 or 25 are written and then send them out in bulk. I would do you know, one or two a day, depending on how much time you have and whatnot. I generally like to carve out 60 to 90 minutes of my mornings for this stuff. Mm. It's a it's a routine now. It's a, almost like a ritual. Um, and it keeps leads coming in, keeps my calendar somewhat full. I don't like to have a lot of calls every week, but I find that this is a really the perfect pace. Because the thing is that you said at the beginning, like you want to be going outside your network and referral group so that you know you can bring in business kind of like on autopilot or on demand. Referrals and networking is great, especially when you're starting out, but I think you're seeing this where there's limitations to it and to keep bringing new new leads in and new prospects in and to grow your business and to narrow down your niche, it really needs to be a consistent process of finding people that you want to want to work with and contacting them just week to week to week, every week. Great. And then Alan and I have talked about doing kind of the series of emails and like it might take more than one to get a response or get attention. Are you doing a similar format each subsequent email and you're just maybe changing things up? Would you go back to the wall and say, oh, I, you know, I saw this other project that you just recently had. That's really cool. Or I love what you did with this brand for Christmas. Would you kind of just switch that up, you know, Mm -hmm. same format more or less or? Yeah, well, I wouldn't do the same format. Um, okay. So what I would do is, is I have a system where if they don't reply after the first message, I'll send a follow-up, I think seven days later. And then if they don't reply to that, I send a third follow-up seven days after that. And then if they don't reply to that, I try to add them on LinkedIn and then just file them away and, and basically just restart the process after 60 or 90 days. I think it's 60. But the follow-ups are a different in a different format because... You want to have something new there. But yeah, I would definitely have a follow-up system because you don't want to assume that people even read the first email. 
Right. Right. So most of the time, people aren't going to even read it or pay attention to it if they don't know who you are. So I've gotten more replies off the second and third email generally than maybe the first one. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, because so sometimes this- I feel like I'm being very repetitive. Like my the way my emails are set up right now, and you've seen them, it's very mm-hmm. kind of repetitive. Like I feel like I'm just saying the same thing five different ways. You know. Right. Yeah, you want to try to avoid that if possible, because what you don't want to do is have people start to tune you out. Mm-hmm. It's okay if they're a no or they file it away in their mind as like, I'm not ready for this yet. Um, but what we'd want to avoid is to have them start to categorize you as like, you're going to be sending them the same thing, you know, once a week forever. Cause then they'll, then they'll just tune you out. Yeah. Block me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I can, I can share some suggestions on the first one on the, on these follow-ups if you're interested. Yeah. I'd love it. Okay. So on the first follow-up, I try to include something a little bit more about a project I've worked on or uh, a win that I've helped a client generate. And it's really like a mini, I hate to use the word case study here because it's not a typical case study at all, but it's a, it's like a mini case study where I'm demonstrating, hey, I worked for this company, they had this problem and we solved it by doing this. And then I asked them for another, I do another soft invitation to connect after that. Would you like to connect to talk about XYZ? So okay. one of my follow-ups is, hey, I, I forgot to mention this one thing in my previous email. I just finished building a funnel for past client and I named the client. Um, that helps him sell courses in a high ticket membership. We focused on raising each customer's lifetime value through upselling and cross-selling and post-purchase email sequences. And you can see the funnel here at this website. And for you, it could be, you know, attaching some of the photos actually that you've taken or some of the campaigns you've worked on. Okay. And then the third one, the third fo- or the second follow-up, the third email in the sequence, I try to just be a little bit more direct, uh, knowing that this is going to be the last time I reach out to them in a direct way for a couple of months. For me, what I'm, what I'm asking them is I want to find out if they have a need for someone like me in their near future. So I would recommend the same for you. Are you planning? Um, I'm not sure what you would ask ask your clients, but I, I ask my clients or my prospects something like, are you planning a launch or a promotion soon? If you need a copywriter, I'd love to talk. Okay. I feel like that question directly translates to Christina. Are you right. planning a launch or a, yeah, directly translates. Go. Yeah, right. a lot of times it is product launches or pushes or, you know, just kind of, yeah, I mean, some of it's day to day, but some people, you know, end up hiring me to do those big shoots for the launch mm-hmm. or for new promotions. Great. So you can just take that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I say, I'd love to talk and I've written, you know, a copy for over a hundred launches and promotions. I'd be happy to share some tips and ideas. Would you like to connect? Okay. So kind of even, you're not even like trying to sell them something at that point. You're just kind of offering like, let's have a conversation. Like maybe you'll get something out of it either way. Exactly. Exactly. It's the focus on giving. And that's what I really like about Eric's process is, here, I've got some ideas. I've got some value. Let me help you. And that makes it really easy to say, yes, get on the phone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm not still in the dating world, but if I was, and I was asking, you know, a woman out on a date, I wouldn't say, Hey, do you want to come over for Thanksgiving and meet my parents first? You know, <laughs> I would say, I would try to come up with something fun to do. Like, Hey, would you want to go rock climbing or something? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Something that's something that has like some, uh, you know, some attraction value for them, something that they'd actually want to do. And that's also a low commitment, you know, like, right. Cause if someone goes, Oh I, yeah, meet my pre, you're like, okay, what's going on here? Or like yeah. this is yeah. moving. This is atypical. Uh, I'm not ready for this. 
So I guess it's that in between of like, let me add value. Let me demonstrate firsthand how I can add value. And also you're not going to have to get a divorce lawyer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or a restraining <laughs> order or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, you're, you're demonstrating that you actually want to, you are interested in helping them succeed regardless. Before you, they've ever signed a check or sent you money, you are interested in their success. And this is a way to demonstrate that. I have trouble remembering that. I'm, I'm such a cynic. <laughs> you know, like, cause I actually am interested in their success. Cause I think that if one person is successful, everyone associated with it will. And it, it makes me really happy when I see the things I've created out there in the world and doing well for the brand. But I also go like, oh, well, I'm such a cynic. So I go, well, they would, they just think I want their money or whatever, which it's not. I, I want everything I create to do well and, mm-hmm. and help build. But yeah. And those are the dumb mind games that I need to turn off sometimes. (laughs) I think it's really common for people to have that sort of filter. And I think the more that you can, you know, just acknowledge that it's there and then actually just, just let your heart come through, like let your true self come through in these emails. Like you really want to help them. So you can show that and you can invite them through the email. Absolutely. And people can feel intention. You can feel it through the call, mm-hmm. through the email. You just know when there's someone genuine mm-hmm. versus someone just trying to sell you stuff. And it comes from your energy. And I think that's the X factor in sales is it's your approach, your energy, your intention that sits behind these messages that people can feel. And I feel it when I get messages through selling me versus messages getting through that say, can we connect? And I've got ideas and you can feel it. And you still know there's a sale at the end, but you genuinely believe that the person isn't selling you. They're interested in connecting with you and finding out more. And then if it's right, they'll sell you. If it's not, they'll leave you. So I truly believe you can feel intention. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. For example, there is one entrepreneur like or guy that like sells courses. He's fairly well known, but I actually, every one of his emails that I get, I keep and I read. And I mean, at the end of the day, he's always asking for the sale at the end of the email, but they're so like personal. I just like his personality. It's really fun. I really enjoy reading his emails, even if I'm not going to buy whatever it is that day, which I have bought one of his courses. So it's not like it hasn't worked. (laughs) But <laughs> I just read every one of them because there's something about his voice and the personality and the the vibrance of the his emails. Like they seem so authentic that I really enjoy reading them. Mm-hmm. Who is the person? Uh, Ramit Sati. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. His he book was a yeah. He was very famous, but his his book was a big reason that you know drove me to get out of debt and understand all that stuff, and then obviously subscribed and et cetera, et cetera. But I do really like his um, voice when he's writing. So I guess that's a good example of like how it can, that can come through in an email. Totally. Yeah. Oh, so it sounds like we have a plan. Yes. Is there anything else you need from Eric or I to help with this, Christina? No, I don't think so. I think I have a lot to work with and I really like the structure and I think that it's going to definitely change what I've been doing to to think about making it more conversational and to read it out loud and record it or listen to it back. Because I have felt like when I do this, I'm, you know, my emails or when I'm reaching out, it's different when you're in person. It's very easy to be personable. But when you're on 
the internet or it's very anonymous, it's hard to like feel like you're striking up a natural conversation. But especially with, you know, COVID happening in the world, we have to connect online now, you know, 100% almost. So I think that that's really, really key for me. Absolutely. Well, it's key for all of us. This is yeah, going to well, be, there's a bit of a new world for a moment, connecting with people online. And you've got to start these conversations somehow. Eric, any closing thoughts or messages for Christina? I want to say I wish you the best. I, I'm super excited for you. And I remember when I was in your position and working a, a job full time and trying to build a business on the side and this this threshold of do I leave the full time job or not? And I think from what I've heard, you're doing it in a really, really good and thoughtful and high integrity kind of way. I'm excited to see what you build. Thank you. And it's always great to hear from, you know, someone that's been in the same shoes and is succeeding. It's inspiring. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So to everyone listening to the podcast, if you want to find out more about Eric, what he does, please go to transformyourcopy.com and you'll find all about Eric's business, what he does and how he does it. If you haven't listened to his first episode, it is all about the structure of the emails, sending those emails out and finding business. So I like listen to that episode, visit Eric's website. Eric, thank you so much for being part of the podcast and giving us your energy and insights. I truly appreciate it. And uh, we should do this again sometime. It has been fun. Yeah, uh, you're welcome. And thank you for having me on. This has been my pleasure. Thank you both. This has been, I mean, it's just been an amazing journey with Alan. And, you know, this is really, I think this is going to step my email marketing up to the next level and be very intentional, which is great. And if you want to check out Christina's photos, have a look at freshprintmedia.com. And uh, yeah, it's been fun working with you, Christina. We're going to speak again in two weeks and I want to hear what happens. That's the whole purpose of this is does it actually work? <laughs> yes. So episode eight, I would love to say thank you to Eric for coming on the show and sharing with us his wisdom. You can find more about Eric on transformyourcopy.com. So go there, find Eric's business and have a chat to him. The summary from me, what I would love you to take away from this episode is number one, personalization, like putting the name in there, having a good opening line, personalizing the message and really connecting with the person is going to make you stand out from the crowd. Number two, it's the understanding. It's about how you understand the person. The opposite of this is the people who write to me about the podcast and say, can I come on your show and talk about where you can find money to start a business? Can I come on your show, Alan, and talk about venture capital? What do you think my instant thing is? My instant thing is you've never listened to this and I delete the email and I never talk to them. Show you understand the person you're writing to. Show you understand their business by writing something in there that shows your understanding of them. Number three is the consistent sales activity. You need to do this every day. You need to keep doing it. It will build a wave of business down the line. But if you're not taking the daily sales activity, if you're not doing your daily marketing activity, how do you expect sales to come in? And I think this is a really fascinating bit. Christina said on the podcast, she's tried building a business without ever selling anything. <laughs> and it's quite challenging. We need to do the daily sales activity. 
Now, Eric has done an entire episode with us on this specific subject for you. So that will be coming up on the podcast where Eric breaks down his strategies, what he's doing, and it's going to be an incredibly powerful episode for all of us. What's the action I would like you to take? The action I want you to take after listening to this podcast is to go and send some cold sales emails. So I would like you for the next month to send five cold emails every week and then write to me and let me know what happens. Get out there, sell, find people, market, introduce yourself and make connections. That is how you build the life of your dreams and the business you want. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.